0: Today we're going to be speaking about dietary needs at the Pesel Seder. Um, that is to say that um, at the Pesel Seder, uh, we're required to eat many different foods in um, considerable amounts as well, <clears throat> Excuse me, and that potentially raises uh, health and poten- uh, safety issues issues for people um, at the Seder, different kinds of challenges. And so today we're going to speak about um, what those different people, what there is to do and what a person is required to do. Um, this presentation was prepared together with Mrs. Hannah Shore, who's an RDN, uh, a dietitian, dietitian nutritionist, uh, and Rabbi Chaim Sender, who's director of diversity and inclusion at Maimon Medical Center um, in Lakewood. And <clears throat> and I'm going to speak about different issues that there are. But of course, uh, when a person has something, like one of these serious issues to consider, they should not make changes in what they do, without first speaking to their rabbi and um, the dietitian, the RDN, or doctor, uh, in order to make sure that everything they're doing is proper from the Sargallah and um <clears throat> from and as well from their medical needs as well. Okay, now, um, when we go to the Seder, uh, at the Seder, uh, there are six different types of food times that we're going to be e- required to eat um, foods at the Seder, uh, and they are, uh, we have to drink four cups of wine, uh, or grape juice or wine. We'll speak about that in a minute, but those are. Uh, we have to drink matzah three times. We have to eat marr uh, twice. Uh, at one point we eat haroises. We have carpas, And there's a festive meal um, later on in the Seder. Uh, now, just as we, before we actually get started <coughs> on the details of those things, um, it is always, uh, whoops, sorry about that. It is always a good idea um, for a person to, uh, for all people, or in particular somebody who has um, dietary needs to uh, make sure that they eat well before Pesach, on um, error um, an Pesach, and so they, they, they care themselves nutritionally as well. Now, what we're gonna—the first thing is like this: um, for the three items, the first three items that were listed—I'm sorry that I can't change my screen here—first, the first three items that were listed there: um, the wine, the matzah, and the maror. Um, this specific amount that a person has to eat—a she'er, a certain amount that a person has to eat. And in that regard, there are three basic opinions about the Shirimaru. And The first is the most lenient is associated with Ram Chaim Noh, who lived in the, the, the earlier 1900s. Um, he wrote extensively about this topic. Um, <clears throat> at the, Around the same time, there was someone else, Chazanish, um, who, who argued that the Shiromar are much larger, the amounts one is required are much larger. And then, uh, lastly, there was the opinion of David Feinstein, um, who, by and large, uh, Followed the same halachic principles as the Chazanish did. He sort of agreed with him on many on the halachic issues, uh, but between his or those and his mix with his father's and um, Moshe, he came up with numbers that tended to be in between. Sometimes in between our Brachaim and the Chazanish. Again, even though from the technical, from the halachic aspects, he seemed he favored the Chazanish's approach. In practice, his shroom tended to be more in the middle. Uh, many American price Kim including Rolf Schwartz, said uh, follow the opinions of Rob David Feinstein, uh, and that's the, what we're gonna. When I speak, I'm gonna mention those opinions as the opinions um, that we're gonna be following. Um, where possible, I'll put it on the screen, or you can read the written version of this of this, uh, of this uh, presentation, and you can see there the other room that there would be. Okay. And now it is worth bearing in mind that when a person has. Uh, medical needs or, or has some kind of allergies or other things we're going to talk about, uh, reasons why they can't eat certain foods, then it is worth sometimes in speaking to the rabbi, the rabbi will tell them that they could be satisfied by following a smaller share of Ram um, Chaim Noh for at different purposes and therefore it's worth bearing that in mind. Okay, now, okay, at four um, times in the Seder, we have to drink a cup of yayin. Now, the word yayin loosely translated as wine, but really the dint is that grape juice is also technically considered to be yayin as well. For all dinim, that's considered as well. But there are those who hold that there's a preference that even though grape juice qualifies as yayin, even so, um, there's a preference that at the Seder, specifically, someone should use wine as their, so to speak, yayin, rather than using grape juice. Okay, so now, but um, if there's a medical reason for a person to avoid having alcohol as we'll mention some in a minute, um, then they should speak to the rabbi whether which is more important is, is the, the preference of having wine or is their medical need and, and how strong that need is and therefore avoid Now how much <clears throat> how much um, wine or grape is this person supposed to have? So um, the David the, Feinstein um, says that the shear is the cup. The cup has to hold. I'm, I'm not yet up to how much you should drink of it, but the cup has to hold 2.9 ounces. It has to hold a reviews. Um and the but but it's worth. The cup has to have that much wine in. Has to have that much wine in it, how, or grape juice. However, um, the cup does not have to be filled with grape juice. It has to be full. But a person is allowed to dilute that grape juice or wine with water. Uh, it's a question. In the commit about how much how much water you're allowed to put in. But uh, many hold that you could put as much as 50% water into that. So, of course, if the people who bottle the, the wine or grape juice add their own water, then they've already used up some of that amount, so to speak, that you're allowed to put in. Um, but, uh, but but it's something worth bearing in mind. You have to talk to the company or the Hashgacha to find out how much water do they add, if any. Um, but if a person can add water, means to say is that he has the potential of using, having less actual wine or grape juice, since they're diluting it with water. Uh, I'll mention also um, when the Seder's on Friday night, which is not this year, but when the Seder's on Friday night, then um, the first cup is, 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 has a stricter rule, and it would have to have about 4.5 ounces, 4.4 ounces, in order to be qualified. Now, um, the, the, the most Kiddush cups hold, most Kaisers, Bechers that people would use, Hold well more than 2.9 ounces, um, and as we're going to talk in a second, the person again there are lots of people who want to drink less than they have to. We're going to talk in a minute how much you have to drink. Um, it is it is worthwhile to, to try to get a smaller cup, and you can look for a, what's called a sauce cup, That's, and you can find ones that are three ounces. Measure them and make sure that they actually are three ounces. Um, in which case, which is and it's perfectly fine for the mitzvah, um, and that would have less uh, wine or juice in it now. Um, there's different amounts, different opinions as to, I told you the cup has to hold 2.9 ounces, but there's different opinions as to how much of that cup do you have to drink. Um, Aruch means different opinions. One opinion is, that says, <coughs> um, that your person has to eat, drink rov of the Kais, most of the of the cup. So it means if the cup holds 5 ounces, you have to drink a little more than 2.5 ounces. As much as the cup holds, you have to drink most of the cup. Another opinion is that a person should drink rov of fears. Um, that their obligation is just to drink revius Most of Ruvius. a revius A revius is two point nine ounces. So a person would have to drink an ounce and a half. Uh, and then another opinion, a, a most strict opinion, is that he should drink a full revius which is a full two point nine ounces. So the munkinavrom says that comes up with this idea, and he says, listen, get yourself a smaller cup. And therefore, by if you get a smaller cup that holds exactly Ruvius, like I mentioned, the sauce cup that holds just three ounces, then a person can end up drinking either most of the cup and most of the Revis, which is going to be the same amount. You can even drink a full Revis, it's just th- about three ounces worth of drinking. is not so much to drink. Um, and therefore, the Mogadarun brings that as an idea, as a way to get, uh, to accomplish m- more of these opinions without having to drink too much, which, again, some people find difficult. Um, so, if we put these if we d- put these different pieces of information together, <coughs> if we c- these different pieces of information together, we come out with that a person that's supposed to be the cup has to only hold 2.9 ounces. That 2.9 ounces could be watered down to a certain extent. And a person can only... It, its According to many, he can drink just most of a, of the Revia. So most of, most of the cup, he could be, end up drinking maybe just one ounce worth of actual wine or grape juice, um, which is significant for some people um, who have difficulties. Uh, like For example, um, there are people who have to limit the amount of liquid they drink altogether. People who are on dialysis or edema, or gastric sleeve. Um, so those people want to limit how much they drink altogether. Um, uh, and so those people can um, use the smaller cups and the smaller amounts within the amount that they're supposed to drink. Um, now, there are some people whose condition is so serious um, that they should drink, That they, they, they'll they talk to the rabbi and the rabbi and say, In your, under your circumstances, you should be not even drinking all four cups, you should drink only one cup. So in in mention in that if the person will only be drink will be drinking less than all four cups again under rabbinic direction, then if he drinks just one cup it would be the cup of kiddush. If he has two cups it would be the first cup and the third cup. The third, cu- um, third cup is after benching, and if he drinks three it should be the first, second, and the third. Okay. Now there are patients um, <clears throat> who are have uh, dysphagia, and they're not able to drink uh, stand. Regular beverages without thickening them first, that um, they won't be able to drink just the regular uh, juices that other people can drink, uh, and they should use. And there's in, in the thicknesses that they have, there's different measurements: uh, nectar thick or a honey thick. Those are can still considered liquids, but they should not be drinking one that's in a pudding thickness. That's too thick to be considered a liquid, and that's not uh, suitable for drinking the um now the the if if you can buy one already thickened that would be great. If not, a person could add their own thickener. That's kashla pesach, or that's that's suitable for that person. That's also okay. If not, if they can't thicken themselves, and they can't buy pre-thickened, um, then grape juice. Then there is another beverage that qualifies as chamar medina. Hamar medina means if a person doesn't have wine, or for some reason can't drink wine or grape juice, then they can drink chamar medina. Uh, the, uh, and Ramosha says what that means is Hamar Medina means something that people would drink if they were uh, not thirsty. They just enjoy drinking it as a beverage. Uh, and between the items that are possible, that are available as thickening and that are kashla pesach, apple juice is something that would be qualified. So a person could use, um, they could use uh, thickened apple juice, again, that's either nectar thick or honey thick for the dog crisis. Okay, now <coughs> there are. Um, many people who need to um, limit the amount of carbs that they have, for example, people who are diabetic or, are, or are ketogenic uh, diets to avoid the seizures. Um, so those kind of people would want to limit the amount of carbs that they have. Um, so here on the screen, you can see um, that regular grape juice has about a little less than four grams of carbs per ounce, while the light grape juices have only one and a half grams um, per ounce. So that might be a good choice for someone like that. Um <clears throat> excuse me. Okay, now, for some some people who are diabetic will are not able to drink wine because it causes their blood sugar to lower, um or it might be incompatible with medicines that they take. Uh other people avoid alcohol because they are recovering alcoholic or they have a liver disease, um and those kind of people might p- would potentially would prefer or have a preference to use grape juice. Um other people have a general restriction. As I mentioned before and restrictions on how much liquid they're allowed to drink. Um, so again, they should speak with a rabbi of how to minimize, as I mentioned, some ideas of how to minimize it, and then even possibly even not even drinking um, not even drinking <coughs> all the four kaisas altogether. Now, we've now finished with, with the Dalit kaisas. Now we move on to matzah. Um, that, there are three times in, at the Seder that we eat matzah. Um, Mochi matzah that's the first time, then karech, in the sandwich, and afikarim at the end of the meal. Um, the mitzvah derisa, according to the Torah, a person obligated to eat one kazai's worth of matzah at the Seder. But in fact, um, because of different drabanans and minhagim, we actually eat much more than that. We eat two kazaisim at matzah, one kazaisim at and two kazaisim at afikarim. So that's quite a lot. That's, it turns out to be five Um So how much matzah actually is that? Um, so, Really, um, the size of the, the matzah that a person has to eat is um, the person. How much a person has to eat is the, is a certain volume of matzah. So for an average matzah at Matzah, a person would have to eat a piece which is seven and a half inches by six inches. At Kirech, only three and a half inches by six inches. And after six and a half inches by six inches. Those are for average size matzahs. Um, on the screen, there's all kinds of other sizes for thin matzahs and thick matzahs. Uh, again, for thin matzahs, you have to eat a bigger piece because you're not getting as much in each piece. And for thick matzah, a little less. Uh, of course, all this I'm talking about is using um, handmade shmur matzah, um, and um, this is for this is what an average, typical person is supposed to be using at the seder. People who are not allowed to eat as much uh, for some medical reasons, why they shouldn't, should speak to a rabbi beforehand, um, who might <coughs> who might advise them, uh, who might advise them to eat less. For example, they might tell them to follow the shirum from Chaimna, whose shirum tend to be smaller. Um, not... Actually, not... Okay, yeah. Actually, they're not smaller. I'm looking at my screen right now. Um, they might tell him to follow a, a different shir. They might tell them to eat only one kezai's at each point. They might give them other um, directions. For and There are times when a person has is so restricted how much they can eat either physically or... Either physically or... Um, <clears throat> excuse me, or medically, how much they can eat, that the rabbi will tell them they should eat just one kezayis, one kezayis of matzah, um, and if the, if that's true, if a, if that's the decision the rabbi makes, a person should only eat one kezayis of matzah, what they should do is, they should not eat at moitzi they should not eat at fika, and they should not eat, at, I'm sorry, at karich. rather they should only eat at the end of the meal, they should, when they finish the shulchan of they should wash, recite ha and matzah, and eat one kazais, which is afikarmen and uh, moitzimatza at the same time, that's how they will fulfill the mitzvah just eating one matzah. Um, of course, that would be it yeah, since it's afikarmen, they wouldn't be allowed to eat afterwards. Um, and uh, other other times, a rabbi would tell them just to eat moitzimatza and afikarmen and skip karach. Uh, but again, that needs rabbinic direction based on the person's very specific needs. Otherwise, most people should be eating, are going to be eating five, end up eating five kids with a matzah. Okay, now, there are people who are, have to limit, as we mentioned before, people have to limit their carbs, They're diabetic or ketogenic um, diet, and they need to uh, limit the amount of uh, matzah that they eat, I'm sorry, the amount of carbs that they eat. So, uh, there's quite, quite a lot of carbs in the matzah that I mentioned before. According to shirin, it will be at the three times, twenty-eight grams, twelve grams, and then twenty-four grams of lafiqaimin. So, quite a lot of uh, carbs that a person would have. And then now, there's also there are people who have to eat, who are on low-fiber diets, like they ha- if a person has Crohn's or IBS or a colostomy. So, those people would want to eat matzah made from white flour, um, as opposed to other people, the opposite, who specifically do need fiber would want to have whole grain, whole wheat matzah. Okay, now the <clears throat> Ramo has a minute that a person should. At the Seder, should eat matzah um, made from wheat. That's a preference. Um, it's understood that means is that that's a preference because that's a finer matzah. tastes better or, or, or it's a more higher quality matzah uh, uh, made from wheat. But if a person has an allergy or some other special preference why they don't want to eat matzah made from wheat, then that's fine. They can eat matzah made from spelt or rye. Um and, Again, of course, matzah is made from one of the five primary grains, so they can eat spelt or rye. Then there are people who are celiac um, or have other reasons why they're not allowed to eat gluten. They can't eat matzah made from wheat, rye, or spelt, uh, and th- those people would have to eat um, oat matzah. Oat matzas made specially for this for Pesach, um, which is to say oats that are gluten-free oats, are special for Pesach, um, and and it, those matzahs tend to be much thicker than the other matzahs, in which case the, the, so to speak, size that they have to eat is, a little, is smaller than the shurma I mentioned before him. Um, now, there are some people who are celiac who are not even allowed to eat oats either, or, or just, because, just starting on a gluten-free diet and not supposed to eat oats. Those people should consult with their rabbi and their doctor or their dietitian in order to determine whether exactly how much they should eat or if they should eat it and which thing overrides the other. Okay. The the in, in a, a matzah is made from flour and water, um, from one of flour from one of the five grains and water, um, and that's it, just flour and water in it. People who are Sfaradik are allowed to eat egg matzahs during Pesach, however, even they are not allowed to eat egg matzah at the seder um, at to be here to the mitzvah at the seder, um, and they would have to eat regular matzah like I guess everybody else does. Okay, now there are people. There are people um, <clears throat> who can't chew. People who can't chew or swallow um, as well as everybody else can. A person again who has dysphagia, or severe gum disease, or TMJ, or is on an altered consistency diet, meaning they need to eat only pureed foods, and those people can't eat or chew matzo. Um, so, um, for those people, there are several choices of what they can do, and I'm going to mention them in order of from best to worst. Okay, the, the best before we got to this this Part was, of course, was to eat matzah just plain, like, just eat from a piece of matzah. But if a person can't eat a true regular matzah, then here, I'm going to mention the choices, again, the best ones for them as we go down, and, and, and more and more, but the evidence I mean less of a first choice. Okay, the first is they can eat crushed up or ground matzah. Okay, that's simple enough. For some people, that'll do the trick. Other people will have to can eat matzah, can only eat matzah if they soak it in warm water, I mean, uh, ambient temperature or warm water. Um, they shouldn't do it for very long. Leave it in there just for a little bit, so the pieces that come out are still the size of kazayas, Um and that the water, the way the mizure talks about, it, the water doesn't come clouded from the from the matzah, sort of, uh, you know, getting absorbed into the water. Okay. Choice three is they could soak the the so, person would soak the matza in hot water, not not in a klirushin, in a klirsheni, meaning a that not from the fire. Take water off of out of the kettle into a into a bowl or something else, and soak the the, the matz into there. Fourth choice is they could dip it into a warm beverage like soup or juice, uh, which is not just water, but it's it's a warm beverage. And bottom and worst, least desirable choice is to soak it in a soak it in a warm beverage, not just dip it in the warm beverage, but actually soak it into the in in a warm beverage um, in order to soften it, make that the person should be able to eat it. Okay. Now, um, (coughs) the the related to this is that some people I mentioned who can't chew or swallow as well, but related is that the mitzvah of eating matzah has to be done within a certain amount of time, called Kodechil's Press. And there's different uh, shirum given for that, somewhere between two and five minutes, um, and there are people who can't get it down that quickly. Um, so some people who have difficulty with swallowing or some of the um, issues that I mentioned a few minutes ago um such as a person with a a person with a, a stomach sleeve or or a stomach band or dysphagia who can't, can't can't get it down that that quickly should talk about whether they should follow a longer share of the Achilles press. Uh, again I mentioned the year that the, 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 that most people follow um, or maybe they should just do the rushing for the matzimatz and let the other ones slide uh, the other ones do not as quickly okay, that's a, that's a discussion someone should have um, with their rabbi okay we now move on to murr Murr. Um We eat Marah twice at Seder. Marah uh, and a Kairach. Both of those are Drabana nowadays. Um, and the mission tells us that there are five vegetables that are suitable to use for murr. Um It's questionable what all five of those are. Most people therefore eat either romaine lettuce or ground horseradish. There are some people who have a family custom that they eat endives that they consider to be good enough. Again, but most people do use romaine lettuce or ground horseradish. Um, how much Murrah do they have to eat? Regardless of, what, regardless of which form of murrah a person uses, it's the same amount. Um, according, according to the Feinstein, the amount they have to eat from murrah, it, it's going to be an amount that fits into a container. So we're going to, I'm going to tell you the container size in a second. If it fits into a container, meaning you squish all the leaves together without any space in them, um, and whatever fits into there, that is a kazai. So according to Rebdove Feinstein, the Feinstein, for murrah, the sheer is what would fit into a one-ounce glass, um, and like a one-ounce shot glass. And for Kajerech, it's what fits into a glass that holds 0.7 ounces, so about three-quarters of an ounce. Um, so it, what it is is it take the, all that lettuce and squash it together without any ear space into it, and it fits into that container. That's considered to be the sheer size. Um, it's not, not a tremendous amount. Um, now, there are some people who have or need to be on a low-fiber diet. We mentioned some of them before, and that person has chromes or IBS or our small bowel obstruction, SBO, or colostomy. Um, so those people need to find out whether the, this amount, this one-ounce shot glass full of lettuce or, or uh, ground horseradish is going to cause them difficulty with their, with their condition that they have. And if, if so, if the dietitian says yes, that would be a concern for them, um, then they need to speak to a rabbi about what they should do and which marr they should eat or how much they should eat. What they should do, you can't use cooked vegetables, so they should talk about what they what they can do. Um, <clears throat> okay, as I mentioned, by matzah, <clears throat> it has to be in, in this in the short amount of time, cooked. The two to five minutes. So again, the same thing. If a person has difficulty getting it down, that w- will have a difficulty getting it down in such a short amount of time, like they have dysphagia. Uh, again, they should speak to their rabbi about what they should do. Um, if a person realizes that they will not be able to do the mitzvah of Mara for one of the reasons that I mentioned they can't eat that much or they can't eat that quickly etc then the din is that a person should eat something some piece of Marah just have a taste of it not make the brach of a Mara, but at least a certain taste of it. Um, it it's not they're not doing the mitzvah but it's a, it's a somewhat of a reminder to a person of the bitterness the marivas the bitterness that, that the Jews suffered when they were in uh, mitzvah okay we now move on <coughs> to the last few things <coughs> that I mentioned, the last three things that we eat at the Seder. The first is haroises, and that is at the very beginning, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, when we eat maror, we dip maror into harosis. Um The gemara doesn't tell you very much about what you should make uh, haroises made out of. The gemara really just says that it needs to have a thick consistency, and it reminds us of the cement that the, the Jews used when they were uh, working for, in Egypt. So the Rishon Hashanah give all kinds of ideas of vegetables that are appropriate to you. There are muscles like this. It should have apples and pomegranates, figs, walnuts, and almonds, and then you grind all those things up into a thick, like mortar, like like a cement, and that's good for tomorrow. And then he says, then p- there's a minute to add uh, broken cinnamon sticks and grand strands of ginger because they look like straw that would be in used in uh, cement. Um, and then the Rama says, you know, also right before you eat it, you should put in some wine or vinegar or wine vinegar, so that, that liquid, um, which is not getting absorbed, and it's, it's just this thick consistency, and you add this liquid very at the end, will remind the person of the blood of, of Jews that was that was spilled um, during this time when didn't were in Mitzrayim. So, all of the items that I just mentioned are all um, not from the Gemara. Those are all later minhagim, or ideas of what it should be made out of. Therefore, if a person has a specific allergy, I'd say, for example, there's a common allergy to nuts, um, then the person should leave that out. Or the person can't drink wine, or can't tolerate wine or vinegar, then they should make, in in these cases, the person should make the chorosis without that ingredient. Uh, Again, the the Ramah brings all these kind of foods that should be added into them, but if a person can't eat one of those for any reason, then they should just leave it out. Okay, our next food is karpas. Um, At the beginning of the Seder, Um, we eat a piece of a vegetable. It's called karpas. At the Seder, we refer to that as karpas, um, but that's really not from the Gemara. It's what Rishonim, I'm sorry, I'm not sure if it's Rishonim, and later, early Achronim call um, that they used to use a vegetable called karpas, which is celery. That's what they used to use, but really you can use any vegetable. It's a vegetable that needs to be one that you make hadama on it, um, and it's something that's not good for other other, Besides that, any vegetable is good. So if a if a person has a family minnow to use a certain vegetable and they're allergic to that, or for some reason they can't eat it, then they should use, they can't chew it, they have some kind of other reason why they shouldn't have it, they should pick some other vegetable. It doesn't make a difference. Again, as long as it's hadama and as long as it's not something that's good for mara, um, then that's perfectly fine. Um, not only is there no mitzvah to eat a kazayas of this, but there's actually the, well, a person is supposed to not eat it, specifically not because I eat a very small amount. Excuse me? And therefore, a person, most people can tolerate eating nibbling on something, even a small piece, um, and pick again. Um, just about every vegetable is good enough to be used for carpas. Now, the the carpas is dipped into something before you eat it. Um, the mo- the common custom is that we dip our carpas into salt water, um, and. Uh, but there are people who are not allowed to eat salt water. Some let's say, for example, people with hypertension. Um, who, and some of those people might want to avoid even the tiniest amount of extra salt in their diets. And so the truth is, your person does not need to use salt water. Um, Shekhanarach says that a person could use wine or vinegar or salt water. Uh, so if, if I'm a person, again, the common custom is to use salt water. But if a person has their, a reason why, for them, salt water is not a good choice, then uh, wine or vinegar are perfectly fine for this Dipping as well. Last is, um, last thing we're going to talk about is the Shulchan Aurech, that we eat uh, this large meal, a meal at the, at the end, at the recital of most of the Haggadah, we eat a meal. And the beginning of that meal starts as a custom to eat hard boiled eggs um, dipped into salt water to remind us that we don't have the base amigdash, that in, in the times of the base amigdash, we would bring a carbon, carbon pesach, which will be eaten at the Seder. So a person who's allergic to eggs. Um, should uh, skip that minute. He should not eat the eggs. And, and again, the person who's in, who has hypertension or some other reason wants to avoid salt, should eat the eggs without the salt. Water. Um, <clears throat> one of the hawachas of the seder is that we don't eat meat or, or chicken that was broiled. Um, that is because the carbon pesach um, specifically has to be broiled, and therefore we avoid eating any food that someone might be confused and think think that we're eating in carbon pesach. Um, and they have, but you are allowed to eat food that was broiled and then cooked afterwards. So there are some people who are on a low sodium diet, again, like people with hypertension who will not eat meat that's cashewed in the typical manner that you buy in the supermarket, uh, which is cashewed with salt. Those people would cashew their own meat by broiling it. Okay. They never, they, they don't salt it. Uh, now no one should try this at home without special directions, but yes, there is such a thing as broiling meat. As a way to make it kosher, to remove the blood without um, salting it, sort of like you might be familiar with how people broil liver. Um, so, if a person does that, then that meat cannot be eaten at the seder as is. They can cook it in water afterwards. If they cook, if they broil it to get the blood out, and then they uh, cook it in water afterwards, then they can use it at the seder. Okay. At the end, at the end of the, the shulchan aruch, a person has seed eat Two kazesim of matzah of afikarim entering, then one cup of wine right after the suda, after shulchanarech, and one cup at the very end of the seder. So there's a lot to eat even after the meal, after shulchanarech is over. So the Ramah says a person should be careful <coughs> that when they're eating at the meal, they should um, think about eating a, a smaller amounts in order to make sure they're going to be able to do the mitzvahs of uh, afikarim and the last two kaisis without overstuffing themselves. Um, so, the Ramah says this for everybody, but it doesn't say for people who have special dietary needs. Um, but uh, it's, it's worth bearing in mind for many other people who have, re- you know, to think about uh, who people have speci- specific dietary needs. And again, for everybody, the Ramah says it for that there's a mitzvah to have, um, eat certain foods and have to on Shabbos and Yantif. But a person should do that in ways that are still consistent uh, with maintaining our overall health.